It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 546 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record, where I hold in depth conversations with today's leading experts in sales, marketing, and leadership six days a week. Now, as part of our new Sunday programming, we're digging into our archives to bring you one of our most popular episodes from the past. And we've measured that popularity as measured by the number of listeners that download and listen to this particular episode. So today we're listening to one of the more popular episodes from my show within a show. That's right. That's my Frontline Friday episodes where each week I'm joined by my regular and special co-host Bridget Gleason. And we talk about all things sales. And in this particular conversation, which is titled Keep Your Sales as Simple as Possible, we really talk about one specific topic, which is are we overcomplicating sales? And if yes, we are, then what can we do about it? Because simple is better. Now, friends, we also hit a sales slowdown from time to time, and oftentimes sellers default to the notion that the solution is more structure and more process, you know, more complicated, as, as Bridget and I were talking about today's episode. So sometimes you need to try some new ideas to break out of the doldrums and to sell up to your potential. So if you're looking for some new ideas about how to amp up and accelerate your sales, then you need to read the new report that I put together just for you. It's based on the specific recommendations about tactics and strategies that I got from more than 300 experts I personally interviewed on this program. And I compiled that all together into a practical step-by-step guide that you can use to accelerate your sales today. So don't wait. Go to accelerate.fm forward slash accelerate to get your free copy today of my new report. All right, let's hear Bridget and me talk about keeping your sales as simple as possible. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday's I'm your host, Andy Paul, with my very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Say hi, Bridget. Are you going to ask how I'm doing? Oh, or do you get tired of the answer? You get tired of the answer because I always have the same answer. Well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll do it. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. Thank you for asking. It wasn't a fantastic, though. I'm doing fa- I know. Well, I try, I'm trying to change it up. Well, but no, I, I am it's doing fantastic, fantastic. It's fantastic. I was just reading something, gosh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Somebody talking about, you know, how do they put themselves in the, the right mindset? You know, they're considered to be very positive and optimistic. And in this one person's case, it was, yeah, I wake up every morning and think, wow, this is just fantastic day. And that gets them, gets them smiling. Just saying the word fantastic causes you to smile. Oh, that's good. And this is how they start their day. And it gives them a, you know, a real charge from the get-go. I, I like it. That is, that's, that's great. I think how we start our day just can definitely set the tone for the entire day. So I tend to wake up happy anyway. I love morning. Because you um, run. I run or just whatever. I just like morning. So I'm always excited to get up in the morning. And now that you're spending more time in Boston, are you getting up and still running at 4.30 in the morning? Yeah, um, but I've been, God, it's been cold here. I've been using, there's a gym in my building, Mm. so. The dreaded treadmill. uh, And I hate the treadmill. But I listen to books or I'll, you know, watch the news. So I I try to make the best of it and just, I'm thankful that I have a place to go, that I'm not out in 17 degrees Mm -hmm. and running in that, so. It's all good. It'll be warm here before you know it. It'll be warm. See, things are fantastic. They are fantastic. Right. Now, running on treadmills. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. I understand. You know, I live mostly on the East Coast, and during the winter, 
yeah, I'll run on a treadmill if it's too cold outside, though I love running in the snow. But I know I have friends that you know, live in sunny Southern California that only run on treadmills. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm like, hmm. dude, out there. <laughs> I know. Sun. I know. I'm the I know I'm the same way. And I know lots of people that do that too, that it's beautiful weather and they're still in a gym. That's just not my, that's not who I am. Yeah. The one that kills me is, is, you know, we spend a lot of time in Hawaii every year and, and, uh, one place we stay, we go to the gym in the morning. Uh, we've gone out and done our own run, my wife and I, and we're all run. And these days, unfortunately she's, she's walking and, but we'll go afterwards to the gym and the treadmills are completely full here. It's, on Kauai or Maui or even sometimes Honolulu, you know, it's 72 degrees outside, not a cloud in the sky, or even if there's a cloud in the sky, it's still gorgeous. And people are running on the treadmills. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get that either. Okay. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Not really a sales issue, but, but you know, what's our sales issue for today? Well, you know, it's, it's, we can talk about, are we overcomplicating sales? Mm. Are we overcomplicating our selling processes? And I, I was sort of given reason to think about this. I mean, it's a topic I think about a lot that is as I write and, and talk to groups and work with companies is, you know, I hear this quite a bit. I'm an absolute believer in sales process, but does it, is it taking over, right? Are we, are we forgetting sort of the, basics that really make things happen. And we've talked in the past about the importance of this human connection. In fact, our last episode, we talked about making the connection, the importance of that connection. But I just, I just, I wonder, I said, we're just forgetting the things that really make sales happen. And the, the quote that triggered the thought is I'm a, for me, if people don't know this, they're listening, Bridget, you know, I'm a big soccer fan. And so by the time recording this, uh, the U.S. men's national soccer team is, is resuming World Cup qualifying matches. And there's a new coach, which Bruce Arena, who had previously been the coach of the men's team back in the early 2000s. And brought him in to take over for a coach they let go. And there was an interview published with him. And he said, the coach said, he couldn't name a soccer book that influenced him. Hmm. I thought, that's interesting. He, he says, you know, for him, how much can you know about the game? How much do I know? Are you no, asking? He's, he's, that's what he's saying. So I'd be like, oh, how, much, how much can you know about the game? Where For him, the thing that's really important is are just really the fundamentals, you know, mm. managing people, motivating, you know, helping motivate players, putting them in the right positions, you know, making sure that they're you know, over communicating with them, make sure they completely understand what their responsibilities are. So there's no, they've got an unambiguous understanding of what their responsibilities are, what they should be doing when, and so on. And I started thinking about that. It's because I've been, been writing about this a little bit is, is yeah, we can, we can focus all we want on the process. And we're going through, I think a phase in sales now where at least you look at the writing that people are doing, the books published, there's a lot about process being written, and we've got the whole account-based marketing thing going on, which is all relatively process-driven. You know, we start losing sight of the real fundamentals that, at the end of the day, are what influence people to make decisions to do business with you. 
So what would you like to see, Andy? What would, what would, what would you see or read or there be a prevalence of that would indicate that we are back to the fundamentals? What would I like to see? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just was, wondering what, yeah, yeah, well, I'm just, I, was, I, was, you know, I was talking to um, my son who, people again who don't know works for me help produce this program and i was thinking gosh wouldn't it be great if we maybe we may do this with the show is put on a series of episodes for some period of time where we're teaching people about sales but we never really talk about selling mm. and and that's sort of sort of the point i think right is yeah, I love. I sort of a love hate relationship with sales books. I mean, I I read them. You write them. I write them for one. <laughs> two is uh-huh. I, I read okay, them. So don't don't be too harsh on them. Don't, yeah, be, don't too be too harsh, harsh on, on the genre. Right. And I've you know perhaps read as many, if not more, than anybody else in the world because I'm interviewing sales authors constantly, and I do read the books of the people that authors that come on the show, and I always learn something. But the, when I go back and look at the things I learn. It's not big concepts I'm learning that are really important that are transforming. It's there's always, you know, the gold always comes from the small stuff. You know, how do you create strong first impressions? How do you, you know, this whole we can sort of go through sort of the basics, right? Creating strong first impressions, being nice, listening twice as much as you talk, paying attention, you know, delivering value on every touch, asking great questions, listening without judgment. I mean, those are the things that really move the needle, in my estimation, when you're dealing with prospects. And, but we seem not to, we seem to lose focus on those. The things, and, and again, like you, I don't typically read anything that's, oh my God, I hadn't thought of it. But sometimes it's a story that's told, or... It's a reminder of something that happens to resonate with a particular situation that I'm currently in. So it may just be timely, a good timely reminder. Um, I don't mind them, though. I guess I don't feel as offended by the well, genre. Well, I'm, not, I'm not offended by it. I'm just saying for at all, because I'm in the midst of writing my next one. But it's it's... Um, you know, I think that, I mean, how often have you read a success story about sales? And maybe, maybe you have, I haven't, or, you know, again, cause I talk to hundreds of people every year and ask about success stories. You know, it's never about, yeah, it was our sales process that won the day. It was no, you know, it's this conversation I had. It was this great question I asked that illuminated something for the buyer that, you know, that turned the corner, right. That made the difference. It was, it was always the the person-to-person part of it that really was decisive as opposed to, yeah, you know, in our playbook, we've got this play, and this play slays it every time. Yeah, I guess maybe I think about, yeah, it's the, um, yeah, it's not the process, but the process is sort of fundamental still. Like I think that I, I don't, I think the process is still important, but I almost feel like the process are, those are table stakes. 
Those you have to have. But what the differentiators are, are the things that you're talking about that are perhaps more nuanced. Right. And, and I'm just basically reacting to what I hear from people I interview and, and the books I read about you know, process is paramount. And I agree, process is really important. I mean, you need to understand your process, be trained to your process. But at the end of the day, it's still a person talking to a person. Absolutely, 100%. So, so an analogy could be, and this, you know, spare me if, <laughs> if people don't want to hear another sports analogy. But I was thinking about golf. And you know, I'm not a great golfer. I enjoy golfing. I rarely get a chance to do it. But there was a time in my life where I used to do it more, more frequently. And, um, yeah, I took lessons from at one point in time. And I remember from the pro is, you know, we we're working on all the, the, uh, mechanics of a swing. But then today he was saying, you know, it's all about the club face being square upon impact with the ball. And, you know, you look at the swings of, you know, I think back on, you know, on TV, if you watch golf and you look at the all various professional golfers, you know, their swings are not all copycat images of each other. I mean, the, the some have pretty, pretty unique back swings, but, you know, clearly they get the club face square on impact. And so it's, it's like, you know, that is a, an enduring fundamental. And, you know, that just doesn't change. The technology, we've had all this advances in technology and golf, all these new composites and, and uh, you know, club head changes and so on that have made it easier to swing a golf club, made it more forgiving when you hit the, hit the golf ball. But it all comes down to still the same thing as if you're going to succeed more, at least from tee to green, that club face needs to be square on impact. And I sort of was sort of thinking about that in sales terms. You know, what are, what's the equivalent of being... Square on impact, right? Where it's really, if you have one swing thought, that's the one you're trying to get to. Yeah, and maybe like golf, it's that's the primary thing. But God, there's a lot. There's a lot more in golf. I've played golf. There's a lot more than that. Sure. In order to have a good game, and I think in sales also that there's there are those certain fundamentals, and in some ways, I, yeah, I guess they they. They bear repeating. We get um, just maybe like in golf. Uh, if I were to pick up golf again now, I haven't played in a couple of years, I would benefit from lessons. I would benefit from reminders. I would benefit from just lessons in the fundamentals. And maybe that's your point, that all the other new ways of how I might approach golf are not as relevant as some of just the basic, the basic varied, this is what you need to do to have a, you know, have a good swing to make sure you hit the balls straight and far. And, and I agree, sales is not so dissimilar. There are some fundamentals that don't, that actually don't change. Well, I, I was thinking of the French proverb that everybody seems to quote, if maybe the only French a lot of people know other than Merci is, is plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose, right? The more things change, the more it's the same thing. Or the more things change, mm. the more they stay the same. Mm. And to me, that, that, that's a, you know, a testament to a certain unchangeability of the human experience, 
right? That for all the change we're introducing into our lives by technology, there's still a fundamental sameness to us as humans and how we interact with each other. That unfortunately, in my in my case, you know, when I look at at sales teams and what they're doing and how they could improve, is they seem to be sort of intent on forgetting this as if technology is going to save us. Technology won't save us. Tools won't save us. Process won't save us. I mean, none of that will save us. What will save us? Andy, it's, I mean, you and I talked about it in the last podcast. I think it goes back to that. It does go back to that relationship. And are you able to develop this connection Connection and trust and integrity and these things that people buy from people? People buy from people. And so how do you, when I think about just when I'm buying something, oftentimes the back of my head, I think, uh, am I going to get ripped off? How's the quality? Can I trust this person? Can I trust this company? Do they do what they say they're going to do? There are all these questions in my mind. And if I, I'll pay more, I'll buy faster with people when I just feel like, you know what? I trust you. I trust you to do it. I don't even care what the price is. I trust you. I don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. I, I optimize around trust and studies that I've read have indicated that I'm in the majority, that that's one thing people want to, to want to deal with a, a company and a person and a brand that they can trust. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think that's so fundamental that if you don't make that connection, now we're starting to go back on the topic we talked about last time, but bears repeating is, is if you can't make that trust based connection, you're not going anywhere. Right. And and maybe it's it goes back to what we talked about last time, but it also is a fundamental. Mm-hmm. What are the fundamentals? Well, I, I, I actually, I've, I've got a new acronym for the fundamentals. Mm. You want to hear it? So the acronym, I do. The acronym is BALD, B-A-L-D. I'm okay, not sure it's a great yeah. mindset okay. to have, but well, <laughs> yeah, I don't think mind, you want. I don't think you want to have that mindset. I don't. You're not bald, thankfully. I don't, I don't care. But oh you don't gosh. want to go bald. Okay, you don't care. I okay, wouldn't care. Yeah, yeah. I'm not B A L D. As I whack my microphone here, B A L D. So, B. Be present. Mm. A. Ask great questions. That's good. L. Listen without judgment. Mm. D. Deliver value. I love that. Bald. That's the fundamentals right there. Um, listen without, I'm writing these down. This is great, Andy. So be present, ask great questions. Listen without judgment. So be present, ask great questions, listen without judgment, deliver value. Love it. Bald. Are you bald? (laughs) I want to be bald. I want to be bald. I want to be bald. I love that. That's good. I think you should include that in your next book. On it's, the fundamentals. It's going Call on. Call be bald. Bald. That's a good thing to have on the front cover. People won't expect that. Yeah. We'll have to think about that. That wasn't what I was changing the title, but I mean, I wasn't thinking for a title, but uh, that could be the subtitle. Be bald. Bald. I don't know. How to be bald in, in life and in sales. 
Okay, you work with your publisher on that. I'm not sure how that title will go, and let's let's leave it to the experts. I don't want to be responsible if it, it goes well or if it bombs. I'll put but that in I my love, book proposal for publishers. Bridget, Bridget says. Bridget's right, right. Here are her recommendations. Yeah. No, I like that, Andy. Uh, be present. Ask great questions. Listen without judgment. Deliver value. Those are fantastic. Really, think, really good. Yeah, and I think the one that people have the hardest time with. Maybe there's two. I mean, certainly be present is one that we've talked about. We'll talk about it again. Now, you know, sellers are so easily distracted these days. But be present. Ask great questions. That's the listen without judgment. You know, we are creatures of pattern, right? Mm. So we want to, when we talk to someone, we want them to be like something else that we've experienced in the past. So it helps us more quickly comprehend who they are. So we want to match them to a pattern that we know. We we talk about, you know, putting people into boxes or putting them into niches. And when you do that without listening to what people are saying, you miss a lot. And you miss the opportunity to really hear what it is their challenges are, their aspirations, the problems, their goals, where they want to be, what you can do to help them. So this listening without judgment is really critical. Well, and it's also just listening without, I I think a lot of salespeople don't listen. They don't listen without like jumping to a conclusion or just wanting to jump in with a solution. Yeah. Well, and, and so this pattern thing, and there's lots of words where people talk about confirmation bias, right? So when we hear something, read something, see something, you know, we think about it in a way that it, to make it conform or confirm to the bias or the, the opinion that we already hold, right? So when we talk to a, a buyer, it's like, oh, yeah, they're just like this other company I spoke to. Mm. But they're not. You know, it, it, everybody's the different. I mean, ultimately, you may find out they're roughly the same, but you're not going to know until you ask great questions and listen without judgment to understand the value you have to deliver to help them make their decision. It's fantastic. I love that. I'm going to use that. I'm g- I won't plagiarize, but I will share. Yeah, as long as you've got my you know registered trademark next to it, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> and, and the attribution. Okay. Okay. Just this so is, in every a, conversation. A, All right. Every conversation, you just say, just have to say, excuse me, just a second. I just want to make sure you understand. This is a registered exactly. trademark of trademark of Andy, Andy Paul. Paul. Right. And please come listen to our pod, podcast while you're at it. And please come listen to our podcast if you want more insights like this. So that's right. Well, Bridget, I'm glad I was able to make one serious contribution today. A fantastic contribution. It was a great way to to wrap it up. For today. I love that one, Andy. I'm taking that one with me. Okay. Well, good. Good. All right. Excellent. Well, if you're out there listening to us today, which I hope you are, you've come back week after week, you too, <laughs> learn something new today. Really appreciate you taking the time. If you have just a minute, less than a minute, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to this podcast, subscribe, leave a review. We really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time. So this is Andy Paul with... Bridget Gleason. Who is my regular guest on Frontline Fridays. Good selling, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. <laughs>